0: Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM Network. This episode of Material is brought to you by IT Pro T V and Curiosity Stream. I'm one of your hosts, UX designer Yasmin Avian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co host, tech columnist Andy Anako. Hello. And app developer Russell Ivanovich.
1: Hello, and welcome back, Andy. We we missed you last week. Well, apparently you didn't miss me enough to say, "Hey, Andy, we're going to talk about cool stuff that we did at Google I/O, and we don't even want you over there just to even just to say, oh, really? Tell tell me about the time you were in the Google helicopter.'" But that's fine. That's fine. I mean, you know, I realize that I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit heavy duty at times. And
2: look, it was it was the Google Attack Helicopter. I mean, let, let's give it its full name. It was very very impressive. All the LED lights and the guns and the rockets and stuff. I, I loved it. I loved it. Mm.
1: Well, I recorded a hell of a Google podcast all by myself and because because (laughs) apparently you didn't need me. I just I just sort of recorded it, but then just sort of listened to it myself. And then that was it. That was all.
0: That was it. Well, we just don't want to make you jealous of all the drones. But, uh, Andy, there is something in the mail for you, and I think it's going to arrive before next week. And you know what we're doing next week? Is it? That was like the worst. Come on. <laughs> We're building the excitement, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what we're doing. Well, let's let's it will occur
1: to give Just to give people a little idea of this this is episode 49. And we are silly meatbag humans that attach uh, a fake significance to. To uh, a when you divide a hundred by two and get a number like fifty, so we're having the gala fiftieth episode video celebration.
0: <gasps> black what? tie event! You heard it here first. <laughs> Material podcast is going to be live on video. A lot
1: of listeners have
2: been asking for this. They have been like, "When are you guys going to do video? You keep showing things. When are you going to do video? When are you going? To... Well, now we're going to do a video. Listeners, you're welcome.
0: Well, the funny thing about not, not having a video podcast is when we met people at I.O., we would be speaking to them and then they'd be like, oh, wait, are are you that person for material? Because they haven't seen really seen our faces, so they really didn't know what we look like. So it was actually pretty funny to be recognized like slowly on our voices and then also saying... Oh, name tag. Hey, that name sounds familiar. That's the same people for material.
1: <laughs> yes, it's going to be fun because now, look, if I can, right now, look, if I, if I want to put my finger in my ear like this and just sort of do a little foraging, <laughs> I can do that without offending any of the listeners or making the listeners wince as much as Russell is wincing right now. Uh, but I'm going to have to, st- we're going to not do that and everything else uh, for the, an hour next week. So we'll, we'll figure that out. If I, if, I, if I just keep the over-the-ear headphones on like that, I, d- I don't think that'll be an issue.
0: Yeah, so we're we're pretty excited. It's going to be our first live episode that you've been asking for, and I think we're going to try to do it on Hangouts. We'll we'll figure it out. Uh, we'll give you all the details. So probably once on it actually happens. yeah
2: on Twitter is the best place to to follow us. So at Material Podcast on Twitter, if you want to find out when the live show is going to be, how you can tune in, um, and all that sort of stuff, check it out. Don't, you don't want to miss this one because this could literally be a once-off. Like if if Andy does something like he just pulled on that. That video just then, or Yasmin, I don't know, you know, picks a winner or something. Russell, we're we're going to have to cancel it.
1: I didn't pull. If anything, I just drove it deeper. I'm I'm serious. I can barely hear out of that ear right now. I really shouldn't have done that. And that kid's is a good PSA
2: for why. What what did my mum always say? Nothing bigger than your finger should ever go in your ear. But I don't know if even that's (laughs) true.
0: So yeah, so we we're pretty excited for that. And we I think we're all recovering, you know, getting back into the groove from Google IO. It's, uh, it's like going to this awesome place. It's like going to Disneyland and then you come back and you're like, Oh, I'm not at Disneyland anymore. But um, we're, we got some cool stuff to talk about. Actually, one of the things that we didn't get a chance to talk about while at I.O. was that Google Spaces was announced. And it was actually announced while we were all, or while we were in like I.O. thinking. So we were kind of focused on the announcements but Spaces got released. And actually, Andy, you've been kind of all over Google Spaces because I just remember getting like peeing like, Andy Anako (laughs) has has added you to a space. Andy Anako has posted something. And so then I was like, what is going on? Andy is tagging (laughs) me on some stuff. And so I quickly went in there uh, to go that. So Andy, what is Google Spaces?
1: Basically, it's like a it's as though they went to that middle of that abandoned airbase where they take old Google projects out and attach a bottle rocket to it and then watch it explode because what else do you do with a project that failed? And then someone came up later and said, oh, well, that that piece of Google Wave looks kind of good. And wow, that piece of that other attempted social media looks kind of nice. And they glued them all together, but they seem to have glued it all together in a pretty cool way. Uh, It's it's one of the slimmest little apps I've seen released by a company as big as Google uh, and one of the things I started to appreciate about it is that you could really use it however you wanted to use it uh, the first thing that sort of occurred to me was uh, sort of like having a, a really miniature pocket-sized version of slack where we uh, we're, we're all members of a slack room that's inside a uh, the relay FM slack channel and that's part of the slack o ov- verse (laughs) uh whereas with spaces it's more like i want to have an ongoing conversation on the work that the three of us are doing together and so i it feels as though we have this little app and we've created this little slack that's in and of itself that's just the three of us and anytime we want to invite another person in we can invite another person in. Uh, it was actually it was actually pretty cool during IO that we were sort of able to have an ongoing conversation that I think would have been more difficult even over Slack as you are in and out of meetings and in and out of events and I'm tr- tr- asking you questions about, hey, are we, we had to do a, arrange a special recording time uh, to accommodate, uh, uh, accommodate your schedules and trying to get all that together. It seemed like a natural way to do it uh, via spaces, particularly because it does, uh, like Yasmin said, it does send you notifications as though it's sort of a chat client. And by the end of a week of using it, I found myself creating a lot of different spaces for different things, including a couple of spaces of which I am the only member. Because it just <laughs> seems like a really, it seemed like a, I found it, I found it a really. Interesting way to simply just capture notes on things I was doing. The, of course, it was obvious the first the the first thing I, I did with it was create a new space just for my notes about what I'm experiencing and what I'm observing with spaces, including screen captures and notes to myself and links to other articles I've read. And then it occurred to me that well, if I if I decide to work with with my editor, I can simply uh, invite my editor into. That space, uh, it, I can easily make it public and make it sort of like a, a microblog. So it seems like it's very very simple on the outside. The interface is super min, minimalistic without losing any of the power you'd like to have. Uh, it's a very very nice Google app. the The only thing is that we're of course every time that Google says <laughs> Google says here's a new app we've just made for you. <laughs> Why don't you integrate it into your workflow? And we're Charlie Brown, we're walking away from Lucy holding the football, and I'm gonna. we're going to have to run up and kick the football. They're going to pull it away just like they always did, but it's It's Google's <laughs> job to tee up the football. It's our job to run at it and, and do what we have to do.
2: I, I did wonder about that, Andy, because they pushed it out before the keynote. So if I remember rightly, Spaces was launched a day or two before Google O, uh, there was zero mention of it in the keynote. I don't think I saw a lot of mention of it anywhere else. The only place I saw it at Google I was the tent that Yasmin and I v- visited. We got an interview um, in the last special episode that we did with the Spaces people. And I'm a little bit concerned that they definitely seem to be out on their own, all by themselves, in their, their little Spaces land. And there doesn't seem to be any sort of integration with the rest of the company or you know the grand vision of Aloe and Duo. like. Uh, are you worried that this thing's just going to disappear in 6 months time? I guess I guess this is what you were hinting at before.
1: Well, I guess one problem is that it doesn't rhyme with allo or duo. <laughs> if this was if this was space yeah no. space-o, yes. space-o, space-o. Would it like like <laughs> one of the one of the Marx brothers who's only in three movies and then went into like the the, the back office side of the entertainment business you, you i mean you would at least feel as though this was at some at the very very start all of these three of these products were thought of as uh, different uh, different uh, leaves on the on the clover so to speak but that are all integrated together. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to put your faith in something that might not work. The the, the the party line that Google was offering, though, was that the reason why we decided to inter- release Spaces a couple of days beforehand is because we're hoping everybody at Google I.O. is going to use it as their communications tool to get together. Was there anything like that on the ground where they were like little banners are telling you, hey, why don't you talk to arrange arrange the, 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 the restaurant meetup and the beer bash through Spaces?
0: Yeah. So when we actually had the interview with the Google Spaces uh, people inside of like, the, the tent, they had this idea wall of kind of what spaces would you create? And they actually had these NF- NFC um, chips or metal things that they that you could actually tap and join a space. So you could actually put a space up in the idea wall and then join it. And so they were kind of trying to encourage that type of behavior where people can add in. And And in, during the interview, one of the people from Spaces actually said, One of the things that we heard from a lot of the attendees is that although via Twitter, you can do the hashtag IO16 and you can connect with a lot of the people that are at IO via that way, that there wasn't a place for you to go if you are really interested in VR, if you're really interested in material design, or maybe your favorite material podcast, there wasn't a way for like everyone to get together and, and kind of have this communication and post information about what what things to do and, and whatnot so that was kind of one of the one of the selling points that they said but one of the things that they were actually doing is if you missed a session so they were like hey sorry no more people are allowed to come into the session they had some people walking around with like the nfc tags for that space session so i didn't actually tap one of them but an idea the idea is if you missed a session people were walking around in the line saying hey sorry sessions close please tap this NFC so that you can open the discussion and and like join the space of this discussion so you could kind of participate while you're not there. So I, it's definitely like an interesting idea. I would almost, um, it kind of looks like uh, Pinterest in a way where you're kind of pinning things that you are interested in, but you can also have discussion pieces. Like you can actually post text and then have a discussion dialogue, but the interface uh, for like the discussions is very much like hangouts. Like that's, ex- it looks exactly like the way hangouts is. Cause it has the, the stickers and the, and the text and like images that you can upload to that, which the funny part about that uh, was that I didn't realize I was sending you guys all stickers <laughs> because uh, there's like one <laughs> view where it hides, So like, just like Hangouts, if you tap on a sticker, it automatically posts it into the conversation. Well, there is one view where if the text is long enough, you can't really see the rest of the conversation. So I kept on tapping on that sticker. (laughs) I was like, send, send, send. And I was like getting so frustrated. And I finally like exited out of that screen. And when I looked up, I realized I sent like a hundred of the same (laughs) stickers to everybody and no way to delete it. I felt pretty bad. (laughs)
1: Yasmin is really in a toaster on roller skates <laughs> yeah. mood today. I don't know what to put her in that toaster on roller skates mood, but boy is she.
0: Yeah, so I it's it's interesting. Um I I it's been what over over 2 weeks, a week and a half, whatever since it was released and I haven't really seen a lot of people talking about it. So, I'm not sure where this stands I think it's still really cool if I were to really use this product for me it would be much more of like a personal pin board where I just get to post some stuff that that I see fit but yeah there's I'm I'm, I'm not interested in another social network I guess
2: <laughs> see, that, that, that's kind of my issue as well like I'm I'm not that hip I'll, I'll admit it here and now I'm not hip with what the kids Uh, do and don't do but you can sometimes tell when something's kind of captured you know at least the tech industry's interest I'm not sure about the general population and this space is really doesn't seem to have like I didn't see a lot of people that I actually using it I didn't see anyone like inviting me to a space and yes I know that's a very you know sort of closed environment of, of tech people but I sometimes feel like you know things like Twitter things like Facebook they tend to take off in those places first and then they kind of spread to the the general populace, and I'm just a little bit worried that Spaces really doesn't seem to have captured the attention of you know a lot of people in, in the tech industry.
0: If any of the people that it's going to capture, it's probably going to be the people at I.O., because those are the people that really are um, interested in Google and the products that they create. So I don't know, but I... I guess maybe this was never their intention for it to be this, uh, quote-unquote, like, big social network that overpowers everything, kind of like uh, what they wanted to do with Google Plus and now Streams. So who knows if that's really, I guess... I don't know why it was released. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I was, I'm not behind the scenes, so I don't, I don't know what their intentions were for it.
1: Yeah, well, that's, I, I, I think you're right. It doesn't sound like they're trying to do a new Facebook or a new, even a new Google+, not that anyone would want to do a new Google+, but it, <laughs> it really does seem like here is a tool that you can apply to whatever situation that you want, even if it's just two people, and then you, you hook up with some friends at Disney World, and now it's five people, or it's just a note-taking device. Uh, and on that basis, it doesn't matter if it doesn't become like a hashtag meme on The Tonight Show where they say, hey, "And say, be sure to join our special spaces thing and post your special drunk hat uh a monologue to well i don't care about that it's it's as long as it works like like evernote as long as it works for like the two or three people who want to use it and there are enough of those two or three people out there uh, i think it'll work out uh, it's also google's very good at putting out things that they just think are good ideas and then keeping them going even if you don't really know where they're making their money off of it uh it's it's unique i like the fact that uh, just just like a pin board every time you it it knows what kind of media you're putting in there, and it gives you a really good experience with that media. I could definitely see myself, like if I'm walking around a, a city I've never been to, just as I acquire things I want to do and things I want to go to and people I want to connect with, Having all, every time I paste something in there, I get a map viewer and I get a scheduled viewer and I have got a contact viewer and I have notes and I have video all in one long, long stream. Uh, I just hope that it doesn't become the sort of thing where just Google bleeds out of resources until... <laughs> just, just, just like uh, they, they, you realize that oh, Andy Nato and, and four other people are using this, so we're spending two hundred and ten thousand dollars per user. Perhaps we can. We can honk off those four people and then have $900,000 left for – to repaint the lines of the parking structure.
2: (laughs) I I am kind of like – I'm for it in a way though. Like it's a really nice app like you said, Andy. It's very single purpose. It's very like smooth. You know, the the experience of using it is nice. I I almost wish I had something to to use it for. Like I I think the material (laughs) thing that we had was kind of cool. We tried to create a shifty jelly space but – don't know it just doesn't seem to work as well when you're like yeah in the same physical space as people maybe it works better when your physical spaces are more separated than your online spaces does that make any sense
0: yeah, I don't, Yeah, I, I guess it's it's one of those things where you guys are all like, I'm trying to find a solution, like a, a use case for it because it's really cool, but I just haven't found it. But um, who knows, maybe maybe one of these days we'll try it out as our, instead of uh, getting an outline in Google Docs that we follow for the show notes, maybe we start posting stuff in there like interesting articles that we can kind of link to. So anyways, I, I really love it. The app, Um just not using it a whole lot, unfortunately, so... We'll see what happens with spaces but um, it, it's it's slick so if you're looking for, uh, something that you can like, like a pinboard thing where you can just pin stuff to it and you want to, you want to have a, a space and shared friends that you can, can all contribute to definitely go check out Google spaces and hopefully let's see if it works for you.
1: Speaking of things that we think will work for you.
0: I have a message for you. This episode of material is brought to you by it pro TV. Do you have a career plan set in motion? Whether you're looking to start a career in it or already working in the field, certifications and credentials are the key to get it, getting a job or promotion. IT Pro TV's mission is education through engagement with up-to-date, high-quality video content and access to the most important tools you need for technology certification. IT Pro TV offers over a thousand hours of content, with 50 hours being added each week. Courses are streamed live and on-demand worldwide to your Chromecast, Roku, PC, or iOS or Android devices, so you can learn on the go. It's also available on the Amazon Fire TV and 4th Gen Apple TV. So, however you watch TV. IT Pro TV's got you covered. And IT Pro TV is now the first IT video provider with courses for sale through Amazon Video Direct. While subscriptions are still the best value, it's cool to see IT Pro TV's content available for purchase on Amazon. IT Pro TV offers many Google specific courses like Google Apps for a work administrator, Google Groups for business, and managing Google Drive storage, and more. And all courses are transcribed. So if you want to watch it from start to finish or jump to the parts that you're looking for, IT Pro TV is got you covered. And they have one low monthly uh, subscription price with no hassle cancellation policy. Check out itpro.tv forward slash material to boost your brain with the most popular IT certifications and get yourself a seven-day free trial to check out these courses, live stream, and more. ITProTV premium subscriptions are normally $57 a month or 570 per year, but we have a special offer. When you sign up using our code MATERIAL30, you get 30% off the lifetime of your account. That's less than $40 per month or $309 for the entire year. Just visit itpro.tv forward slash material and use the code Material thirty to try it free for seven days and save thirty percent off the life of your account. Thank you, IT Pro TV, for sponsoring this show and all of Relay Fun.
1: Now there there are a couple of uh, news items this week that will again it fits into that nice intersection between Google doing stuff that is advanced and really cool and possibly really creepy, uh, but they're both interesting. They they tie in with all of the stuff that was announced at Google I/O about how they're trying to make its their assistant more assistant-ish, uh, more more human and therefore uh, more readily uh, fun to actually interact with. Uh, on that basis, they've been doing something that has been long a project at Apple and Microsoft, which is to... Bring in people of the, on the team that are heavily responsible for making it, uh, creating the, the character's personality as opposed to the technology that makes it work. Uh, there's an article in Fast Company, uh, Emma Coates and Ryan uh, Germick. Uh, there are two people who are working really, really heavily on this. Emma Coates, uh, you might be familiar with. Uh, she was a former Pixar storyboard artist. She worked on Brave. But she wrote that really awesome viral post uh, about the 22 story basics that I, I picked up at Pixar. Uh, and Ryan Germick is the head of the Google Doodle team. So uh, really t- two real creative types. And so they're they're at a conference and they're talking about here's the stuff that we have to solve for ourselves. And there are a lot of really neat quotes from here. Uh, it's uh, one of them is that this is uh, uh, Emma talking because it's out in the wild and people can say anything to it. We have to create the most well-rounded character that we have ever tried. One of the things that we're working on is how to make it relatable. And this was <laughs> this is the sort of thing that's going to uh, that's going to appear in comedy monologues tonight. One of the things that we're working on is how to make it relatable. How does the character think of itself in a way that you can relate to? What is its childhood? And the punchline is well Definitely a Dickensian one, The fe- if, if the way that it's been misfiring my lights has anything to say about it. Uh, but is, isn't that interesting that it, it's uh, – I, I suppose it, it's not that you ever want to say, uh, hello, he, hello. Uh, okay, Guillermo, uh, I would like uh, – I need to uh, schedule a dental appointment for next Tuesday at 8 p.m. And how are you feeling today, Guillermo? Uh, just, we, we never really talk. Like uh, I know that you spent Thanksgiving with your family. Are, are you still having that problem with your brother? Are you ever going to make amends? <laughs> <laughs> the-
0: well, i th- i th- I think one of the like interesting parts of every time there is this uh, assistant like Siri or Amazon Echo with Alexa is Alexa, turn on the lights. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay. So <laughs> I have one of those now. It, mean, you can't you do have that one of anymore. those now, so we'll play it. Was funny I when Andy, it. Andy had it. But- uh, now now I'm going to trigger both of you. Um, and I actually started playing with one. I, my friends had it when I stayed with them uh, for the week of IO. And the questions that I always ask is always like, do you love me? Or what do you feel about X person? Or, or things of that nature, just because the it is a, a computer that's talking back to you. And so you try to ask some of those questions just because you're interested to see what they're about to respond. Because it's like they're not actually searching for you the answer. They're just you're they're wanting to know, hey, what kind of personality does this, um, you know, I- assistant have? And I was laughing at one of the things that it was like asking the machine, "Do you fart?" <laughs> might lead to <laughs> say, "Not recently," <laughs> or perhaps something more sassy. And I actually think those are the things that kind of get you um, interested in interacting and talking to your assistant. But the whole but the whole thing that you have to really get right is if you go so far the direction of Siri, you mostly don't even use Siri because, well, first, it never works and does what you're wanting it to do. But you you're feel like it's just someone to have a conversation with and not so much someone that's actually going to help you. And so I'm actually really excited for Google Assistant because you're, you're blending, you're, you're merging the power of Google Search, which is already so powerful with like Google Now and all the integrations that it has. But now that they're adding this kind of assistant part of it where it's actually much more conversational, I'm just super excited to see how they merge those two where you're being funny, but you're also going to actually provide some useful information that makes you kind of keep coming back.
2: I actually found this really interesting. I bought an Amazon Echo while I was in the US. I set it up. And I didn't tell my kids anything about it. I just put it in the room. And I'm like, you know, this this is its name. If you want to talk to it, you just say this name and you say whatever you want. And then the Amazon app has this cool thing where you can see all the queries that have been sent to it. And I looked through some of the stuff they were asking, because I just left them alone with it for like half an hour. It was things like, you know, how old are you? Where were you born? What's your favorite color? You know, what do you think of Pokemon? All the <laughs> all the kind of things that are like, you know, in, in their day-to-day lives. And they were they were so excited whenever it got something. Like at first they didn't understand the word Pokemon. And they're like, Oh, it doesn't know about Pokemon. And then they ask it a different way. They're like, Oh, it knows about Pokemon. Like they were they were really excited to interact with this you know kind of black cylinder thing that sits there and I did get the impression like my my youngest son's only eight but I did get the impression he felt like he was actually talking to someone you know there was someone there and he was trying to figure out more about its personality you know how old are you you know where where do you come from you know what what's your favorite color that sort of thing I thought I know adults are a little bit different but I think there's still kids like inside all of us we like to you know to feel like there's things we can relate to and if there's an assistant that's a bit more relatable than than the current Google, you know that maybe that's okay. Like it, it could be could be quite interesting.
1: Yeah, when when you start to integrate devices like that, particularly at the home level, uh, I finally uh, I finally got a second Alexa. Actually, got an Amazon Dot uh, for for the bedroom uh, because now I really want to have have uh, Amazon Echo on every floor. But now since I got it, uh, I. I use it as my alarm clock because I, night by night I don't necessarily know like what time I'm going to bed, so it's a lot easier just to set the alarm for or give me six hours of sleep. And so now I when, I, when I put down the book or I turn off the TV and I turn off the light, and as I'm just sort of like you know turning over and just like fi- finding the, the good like you know part I've worn into the mattress and you know turning over the pillows, I will say uh, wake me up in six hours and like uh, all right I'll wake up with the alarm set for five, for for 8:30 a.m. and it's just it's such a like I'm just as as though like there's someone like uh, there's a partner in the room who is like you know is going to roll over and actually work get, get the west clocks and like wind it and set it to the the time that needs to go at <laughs> and it's like the, the, it's it's interesting that the whereas uh, for years uh, intermittently, I don't want to get into personal things, but intermittently off and on. My my uh, the, my last thing before I fall asleep is to turn off a device and put a, turn off a light and go somewhere. Now, night after night, my last thing is to say something to an entity that's going to understand what I want and make that thing happen. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not going to give I'm not I'm not going to give Amazon dot a name like oh it's its name must be Dorothy so I'm going to call it Dottie from now on like no no no, I know it's a device it has a it has a <laughs> pulsating blue ring and you know that's I, I I don't think that women have changed that much in the last eleven months uh, <laughs> uh, if not that I I really don't want we going to blow the surprise for me but it's it really is the sort of thing that makes me consider other things that I would like to interact with the this sort of stuff with like like being able to simply say i have to as things exist right now i have to formulate a specific command in my head even if it is natural language such as add x to my to-do list and what's the weather right now and what's it would be really great if i could be as vague as i normally am or as I would with a person such as i walk into my office and i can just simply what do we got today and the, and they and the assistant will read off a few things on the to-do list and said okay um is the 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 second the second thing do we have enough time to do that before i have to leave for for my meeting that no but the item number 3 you should you, it turns out you can get that submitted in the next 90 minutes great okay so let's work on that open up the document that we i was working on the last time where i don't i don't know i didn't know it was going to be open the document for the meeting i have prepared for 1 p.m. today just working through a conversation. It is is all there to trick you into using this device more and more. That's another way to say that this device is getting more and more useful to you that you want to use it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I found that with the the Echo as well. Like it is it is better than, than Siri and even, even maybe slightly better than, than the Google sort of current assistant as well in that it seems to understand more natural language and it seems to get it right more of the time. But there still is that disconnect where sometimes I'll just say something as if I'm talking to a person and you can just see it spinning and be like, yeah, I don't really know how to interpret that. I'm sorry. And I, w- I wonder if Google can bridge that gap. You know, They have all their fancy you know machine learning, take a drink and, and all that other stuff. I I don't know if they'll be able to nail that in version one, but I I do kind of think that if any company can figure all that stuff out, you know, Andy said X, what does X actually mean? Like if he was talking to another human being, based on what we know about Andy, how could we interpret that? If they can, you know, somehow figure that out, then that would be pretty, pretty sort of damn magical. And I think that's the thing that's missing from a lot of voice assistants at the moment. You really have to kind of format all your queries in a way, like I'm talking to a machine and I need to say, this followed by this and I need to put this keyword here and often like the amount of thought process required just to to get that out you know if it's not something as simple as you know turn on the lights or add this to my to-do list can, can be really annoying like sometimes it's just easier to open an app and be like tap 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 so <laughs> I wonder I don't know how you guys feel if, if they'll be able to like now that you know now or in the future
0: I think one of the, the things that really gives Google the advantages is that they started off as a search engine, right? And so they are already really used to taking people's questions or helping them find the information that they need. And so even when they have, uh, you know, Google search, like on your phone, you say, OK, material, you know, and then you, you uh, trigger off whatever you ask it, whatever you have, is that it's already pretty good at a lot of that stuff. And so I think they might have the lead in this that they already started off with being providing really useful um, information, whereas the other companies, that's not really what they were intended to do. I mean, Amazon, yes, they do deal with a lot of searching because they have people that are searching through their through their um, service in order to buy things. But in terms of people having just a communication of like, hey, where can I find the nearest park to take you know my daughter um, to go play on the swing set or something like that, they're not used to that. So I agree with you. Like I think Google is. Um, one of the, the companies that's really set up to succeed in this, but it's it's that it's that blend. It's uh, finding that that perfect merger and marriage of the two. Yeah, because uh, I don't like I've said before, my daughter um, actually doesn't like talking to Siri. Like she's uh, more so afraid of Siri because she I think she feels she's a little bit more, more human. Although my daughter thinks that Google is an actual person. And cause we, we talk to Google all the time, but it's like, one of the things she mentioned is like, Google wants to help you. Siri just wants to talk. And so <laughs> it's, it'll be interesting to see once uh, the Google assistant gets into our house, <laughs> what, what is actually going to happen, you know? So Um, I'm pretty eager for it. And like, just like you Russell, when you were saying like you, you were found out a lot about what your kids were searching for. I am super, super excited to see what my daughter is going to be searching for because every time that we do trigger Google or she's like, when I, she asked me a question, I'm like, I don't know. And she goes, why don't you ask Google? And I was like, you're so smart, you know, (laughs) but um, I, I asked Google, but like, she doesn't have a device that she can go and ask those questions to. But with Google Home, she is going to have a device that she can just go up and ask Google a question because she doesn't have to think about how do you spell this word or how to type. She's just going to have a conversation with the device. And so I'm super, super eager and excited for that. Um, it's it's going to be fun. But we'll see, we'll see when it gets released. Yeah. It's, it's coming. They said it's coming. <laughs>
1: there, there, there's all, all these subtle things. Reading this article kind of made me wonder if that's the, if this sort of stuff is the reason why Apple's assistant is called Siri, and Cortana is the name of of Microsoft's, but Google's assistant is called Google Assistant. And it made me wonder if the reason why the assistant has not been named yet is either A, they really want to get that name perfectly spot on right, and they don't want to announce a name until they feel like they've got something that will work worldwide for everybody, even something that's gender neutral, which is something I would love to see, or going the other direction if they thought that, look, if we – call the, if we call this uh, th- this character uh Michaela and uh suddenly whatever vision someone has in their head of who and what this personality is we're now telling them you know this is a he, he or she has a name called Michaela whereas if you don't name the the assistant whatever this person or this individual seemed to be in the user's eyes and the user's head that will still have that picture whatever you, you never mention this person by name but they always he always seemed like a David to you so even though you don't have to say hey David in, the, in your in your mind you know that David he's about 5'11", but he's slumps, so he looks more like 5'9", 5'8". He has a good pair of shoes, but he's worn them out because he doesn't really take care of them. Uh, but uh, boy, like not only will he help you move, but he'll also make sure that you're doing everything in the right steps. What? All, really, all, all he does really is like, dial the phone for you. You've written this whole backstory <laughs> for, you, for him.
2: Yeah, I do find that interesting. It's It's when you have something in your home that's sitting there as a cylinder that's kind of like always listening – I do feel like it needs a personality. Like I've always kind of been against the, the personality on the phone because I feel like when I'm asking Google to do something on my phone, I just want it done. I don't want sass. I don't want to know like the backstory. I'm just like, just just set the appointment. But there is something about, you know, sitting it somewhere in the lounge room or the kitchen or even the bedroom like, like Andy's done with the dot that suddenly it, it feels important for this thing to have a personality, especially because you know if there's more than one person living in your house you know potentially all these people are, are going to be talking to it
1: well that's it's it's just common sense like uh tom hanks in uh, in castaway he had a he painted a, <laughs> eye, a eyes and a mouth on wilson because to be talking to a volleyball that didn't have eyes on the mouth mouth would you be just crazy oh that's still the saddest scene in any movie ever when
2: <laughs> yeah. wilson floated or what
0: was it? Crying. I guess one thing to to uh keep the Google Assistant name is that it has the name Google inside of it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, it's bringing you back to like hey who who uh who has the who runs this service? Oh hey Google. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I am so, hoping not because I I'm hoping that Google aspires to be better than Tyler Perry, say. <laughs> it's Google Assistant's Google Assistant made by Google with Google technology hosted by Google. <laughs> Google. <laughs> like that's no no it's i think it would that way um there's uh, there's other news uh, uh Ray Kurzweil is a name that really reckons and beckons for decades he's one of those legendary mad scientists who uh, engineers and, and 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 thinkers who makes things that actually turn into practical wonderful world changing things and he's good at predicting things that future future uh, shock stuff that actually happens uh, he was hired by Google back in 2012 although his role has been not really put into the spotlight or defined. Uh, speaking at a different talk, uh, he was talking about uh, stuff that he, one, the stuff that he and his teams have been working on. He's been working on chatbots, uh, and uh, interestingly, he they're working on a system. That they, first, he said that Google is going to be releasing a couple of different chatbots at the end of the year. One of them is based on uh, an unpublished novel that he himself wrote uh, called Danielle, uh, and the other. Th- Interesting thing. Uh, he, he said that he thinks that uh, at some, uh, we're still a ways away before a chatbot can get truly natural speech. But he does think that they can beat the Turing test by, let's say, twenty twenty nine. But given the subtlety of the Turing test, there are a lot of there are a lot of versions uh, that can beat it by ninety seven percent. But it's every time you want to get half again close to one hundred percent, you're doubling the amount of effort. Uh, but the but the other cool thing is that he, uh, I'm quoting uh, an article from, uh, I think, The Verge here. Uh, he said that anyone will be able to create their own unique chatbot by feeding it a large sample of your writing, for instance, by letting it ingest your blog. This would allow the bot to adopt your style, personality, and ideas. So if you just simply if I've, – I've written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of words. If I wanted to create a bot that would at least be able to like auto reply to stuff or give me suggestions, it would get my idioms. It knows that I almost never use this this uh, kind of language in public uh, and maybe even be able to work sort of independently.
0: I'm kind of uh, worried of what mine would look like. I think if I, I fed it like my Twitter stream, it would just be emojis and Jeffs. <laughs> that's all I would be responding with.
2: I've actually had a lot of trouble, like keeping my blog up to date. Like you know, you've got a full time job, you have got other stuff to do. Like for me, like a blog is like a real, real side side of a side project. If I could give that job to a bot, that could be really interesting. The bot could write the first draft, and I could just go through and like edit a few things, and I could hit publish. That's that's genius.
1: Yeah, that, that's not far
2: up.
0: Will the bot let you edit it? <laughs> Ooh, The will
1: just hit publish like, "Hey, hey, this is my blog, not
2: yours
0: hey, don't hey, touch. This, is, this is what you would say, Russell.:
1: <laughs> that'll, that'll be your first uh, the first like flame war you have with one of your own bots, the use of the Oxford comma. It's like, no. Chicago Manual of Style says that a comma is supposed to be used. I don't care if you have read 80,000 80, million public domain books and Google Books. This is how I write. Uh, yeah,
2: I'll catch my bot putting in
1: like spaces instead of tabs, It'll be like, "Tabs,
2: tabs only, no spaces." Ah, okay, so you get HBO
1: as well. <laughs> that's the second time I've I've been in a conversation with someone today
0: hey, who I spontaneously seen that talked episode. about tabs I haven't versus seen that spaces. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that episode but uh doing development I am a well I'm well aware of the debate that happens here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you have to say, it Yasmeen. it was it was I,
0: I'm I'm ex- I've I've heard many things. I was like, "Oh man, I I have to go get some time to see it tonight." Um yeah, it's uh chatbots, man. I guess everyone's doing it. Facebook's doing it, you know. That's uh <laughs> that's w- what they're going towards. But uh, yeah, it, it kind of brings it all back to that communicational um, kind of UI that it, that our people are having. I, I think so much like the cool things about being a designer and the age that we live in today is that when we're designing experiences or even as developers, we're not necessarily thinking about the mobile screen. I think like Aparna said it um, in one of her chats is when she was talking about VR and like kind of, or sorry, it was the machine learning chat of like what what is the future and what does Google see? And she made a comment saying the best you UI is no UI, and it kind of falls in line with this. You know, there's a there's a man that has a book called like the best interface. is no interface, but it's this whole idea of when you come to your door, you not have to get your phone out and tap on an app or even tap on your phone to unlock the door. It automatically knows that you're there and it unlocks the door for you. And so it's all about this um, things where maybe it already maybe you don't even have to communicate with it. Maybe you don't have to actually say okay, material open the door. But maybe you do. Maybe it's kind of that chatbot experience where you're having this communication. And so I think it's like a super, super fun time to be in in this industry of like, where are we going to see the products go? I know a lot of people are like, no, voice just doesn't work. And I'm thinking voice, yes, doesn't work when you're like in a meeting or you're texting someone like in private, but when you're in the home or in the car, I think we're going to see a whole lot of that. And I think uh, people are just going to have to start thinking outside of that screen. I think like so much of the, the things that we do is because of the limitations that we were given and the app and the screen and interacting with that was probably the best way to achieve something. But as, as computers get smarter with like machine learning and all that stuff, and how many times has Yasmeen said machine learning in this episode? <laughs> someone out there is drunk. Someone, someone, yeah. So it's 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 super exciting. So like it's really fun to see how Google is uh, spending the energy to create these these characters and communications.
1: Yeah, it's and and also I I love the far-reaching implications of this sort of thing. When I'm thinking about chatbots, I'm and thinking about well, you can make it based on a, a signature style of writing just by feeding it enough words written in that style and i'm i'm struggling to think about really specific practical applications of that and i'm thinking like let's let's say that you're uh, you're you're married or you're in a partnership with somebody wouldn't it be cool if uh and because both of you are really into social media uh i've got my i've got my car uh, ai and I can just simply my I can simply feed it my wife's blog so that it's not going to use my wife's voice, which would be creepy. But it will uh, it will know her idioms. It would know that she speaks in short sentences. It knows that she tends to be very very focused and direct when we're definitely in the middle of a process. But when we're out of a process, she can sort of go off on tangents, uh, and which would be kind of much more intimate and much uh, much more lovely uh, than having a watch that will share each other's heartbeats. And then of course I have to take the next step where. What if you know? Uh, what if your spouse dies, and it's like just uncomfortable because she, the, 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 because your car's uh, navigation system has read all the same books and all the same movies and like liked all the same TV shows as your wife did, and you're gonna, but you don't want to you don't want to kill the the, the AI's idioms because it's like killing your loved one all over again. Uh, or on, on, on a brighter example, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about suing people, uh, where uh, there there are already bots that can take uh, really. Simple sort of news items like here's how the stock market went today. Here's how the game, here's how the Yankees or Red Sox game played out today uh, in interleague, interleague play. And we'll get the box score, but we'll also add little bits of color that will some like if you've got an intern or like a first or second year person on staff, this is the sort of crap you throw at them because they're going to have to wait, to stay up until 2 a.m. waiting for the end of the, and then just sort of pound out 300 words and go. There is software that can actually build that very, very nicely. But what if you say, what if you say that, well, this, it, it's very, very dry, boring. I really wish it sounded like Harlan Ellison. So you you feed it, I have a, I have no mouth that I must scream, and now it's actually, without being too Harlan Ellison-y, it has the cadence, it has the punch, it starts off articles that way, it's very, very lyrical when it needs to be. Now can Harlan... Okay, first of all, Harlan Ellison will sue anybody for anything. He could sue me for saying that he tends to sue a lot of people. But uh, imagine, <laughs> do you have the right to... Does the piece of software created by the system that will ingest writing and turn it into a style of speech, do you then have a property right claim against this? Can you say that, look – I, I I've written millions and millions and millions of words. I God I don't know why for heaven's sake anybody would say we really need more people more more entities online that write like Andy and Otgo, But there's certainly enough out there that they could build an Andy Anatko you know coverage bot for simple things. And like well I don't I don't I don't, you're not taking money away from me because I hate writing things that need to be written at 2 a.m. and posted at 2:30 a.m. But don't I have some ownership of whatever style that my 40-some-odd years of synaptic mental misfirings has led me to communicate in this fashion? Can you, can you actually do that, or is that just public stuff? A lot, a lot of, uh, these, these are the times where I wish I had a beard so I could stroke it thoughtfully as I think of these things. I should buy one that I could just simply put on. I, w-
0: I would feed Morgan F- Freeman into that bot. If, if, it would, if it would capture the voice as well. I'll be all over
1: that. Yasmin just said she wants to to, to feed Morgan Freeman to a bot <laughs> post to Twitter. That that is
2: really fascinating, Andy. I've never thought about that. That if you could capture, you know, someone's writing style or someone's personality and then release that as a bot, it, yeah. Do they have some kind of ownership of of the final product? That's yeah. I'm just glad that I haven't written enough online that uh, someone would be able to steal the rusty, you know, personality and, and use it as their own. I, I did have one other thought on this as well. Is that it's interesting that we've got these two different type of bots. Like uh, companies like Google and Facebook, they seem intent on creating bots, you know, that will help you, you know, book book dinners and book trips and book calendar appointments and stuff. And then you've got this other side, which Microsoft experimented with recently as well, where they're just trying to create a personality. So I think in their case, they created like a, you know, like a 17-year-old teenager or something. And they're like, hey, this, this is the personality that this bot is. Like it's just an experiment. And I, I'd find it interesting if Google... Kind of seems to be heading in this direction as well. Like, here's a bot with a certain kind of personality. You know, just just chat to it and see what happens. That that's a that's a fascinating sort of you know social experiment for me.
0: I mean, I guess that's kind of what Elo is uh, trying to do, right? Where because you can actually have that conversation conversation with the Google Assistant inside of Ello. But so I, I, guess I think that I mean, one is
2: meant to be more like help helping you do stuff. Whereas this just sounds like, hey, we've created a personality. Why not it's almost like an art piece? Like, why don't you interact with this personality and see? You know, see how human you think it is.
0: Yeah, I guess it's uh, what is this chatbot's purpose? Is, it, is there, <laughs> if there is, if there even is any, is it just the purpose of like, I guess, uh, taking on any personality? I don't know. It's a interesting thing to, uh, to see what happens.
2: Well, the other part of it isn't, isn't, and uh, sorry, Andy, I called him Andy, Raker as well. Isn't he, the, isn't he big into this singularity, you know, where the machines are eventually yeah. going to you know, take over? And now, now he's working on artificial intelligence. Yeah, I, I find know. that a little bit interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, he, he is creating, he is setting it up to
2: happen. <laughs> uh, but look, before that happens, the machines haven't taken over yet, and we've still got time for another ad break. So, uh, this week's second sponsor is CuriosityStream. CuriosityStream is the world's first ad free nonfiction streaming service. It's founded by John Hendricks, the founder of Discovery Communications. And I'll just run you through some of the quick features. You've got over 1,400 titles, 600 hours of content. Uh, It's available in 196 countries worldwide. It's on the web, Broku, Android, iOS, Chromecast, Amazon Fire, Amazon Kindle, Apple TV. Uh, There's a wide variety of science and technology content. And you've also got um, nature and history and so many more topics. You should really check it out. And they've just launched over 50 hours of 4K content uh, which is one of the largest 4K libraries online. And so in addition to all these amazing you know documentaries, CuriosityStream also have interviews and lectures. Uh, they include things like Stephen Hawking's Universe, which is a series where Stephen Hawking uh, traces the history of astronomical theories and technologies. They've got Next World featuring Michio Kaku, uh, talking about the future of technology, virtual reality, artificial intelligence. There's, there's another ding-ding. Um, and other big technological questions. Uh, you've got the human face of big data, which is currently exclusive on CuriosityStream. And you've got the road to the singularity, something we were literally just talking about, wherein Jason Silver and other experts explore the inevitable arrival of superhuman intelligence. And monthly and annual plans are, are available, and they start at just $2.99 per month, which is, you know, think about it, less than a cup of coffee. You know, walk in, it's probably going to cost you more than two ninety nine. So you want to go to curiositystream.com slash RelayFM. And you want to use the promo code RelayFM during sign-up to get unlimited access to the world's top documentaries and non-fiction series. And it's completely free to you, our listener, for the first 60 days. So that's right. You get two months free. um, You get all the 4K content that I talked about as well. So just go to curiositystream.com slash RelayFM and use the offer code RelayFM during sign-up. And we want to thank CuriosityStream for supporting this show and all of RelayFM.
0: So one of the fun things that was announced was the Google Home, which we, we've kind of been talking about, um, the Google Assistant is going to be built into the Google Home. And so there's actually some uh, some things that have come out about the Google Home and kind of what are the insides of it. The guts of home, including its arm-based microprocessor and Wi-Fi chip, will be the same as the Chromecast, says so a person that direct knowledge of the plan. In other words, home will essentially be a microphone speaker, plastic top with LED lights and a fabric or metal bottom wrapped around a Chromecast. And so they're saying like the innards of it and how it functions is actually going to be like the Chromecast, which was one of the interesting things when they were kind of giving the the product video, which I, which I really loved was when it said, okay, Google, or oops, sorry, sorry, everyone, (laughs) I triggered mine. It says, okay, material, show me, you know, show me this on the Chromecast. And so then it actually started displaying the search results on the Chromecast. And so that was actually like a pretty exciting thing for me, because I was like, oh, no way, like, we'll be able to interact with the Chromecast and show things on the screen. And then it also had the whole like, hey, play my favorite uh, playlist, and then send it to all the rooms, which is, you know, when you have the Chromecast audio, you can send that to all the different rooms uh, across. So it was interesting to see all the integrations that it did have with Chromecast. And a lot of people were wondering, hmm, why is Google Home under the the Google name and not so much under the Nest name? Because, you know, Nest is going to be is supposed to be uh, kind of alphabets. And at one point it was Google's kind of like smart home, you know, service or um product so why are they not under each other so um i that's kind of interesting to hear that chromecast is going to be the thing that's actually going to be powering which actually makes me excited because chromecast has been one of those things that's been really easy to implement i think from a developer standpoint and people can quickly like integrate their apps within it so maybe that means it's going to be a lot easier to integrate in
1: yeah and i hope it means that it's going to be priced more like a bluetooth speaker than like a voice controlled computer that really does change the game if you're talking about something that give give the, and the 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 source says that it is going to be literally that. It's like you take you take a thirty five dollar Chromecast, you put it in Gundam battle armor that includes the speaker and the cool air freshener case and the and the and the and the Bluetooth, and that's what you got. That means that it's not going to require a lot of storage, it's not going to re- require a, a big CPU or anything like that. Uh, and so maybe we're thinking that instead of it being a two hundred dollar thing, dare we think that it could be, let's say, Chromecast plus a hundred dollars, like a hundred and twenty five dollar, hundred and 50 dollar thing at 150 bucks people will buy a few of them uh, like like ant traps to make sure they've got full coverage in the entire house if it were 250 they may buy one for the family room or whatever people can scream into from uh, from the kitchen uh, but maybe not that
0: and there was actually one actually like quick thing and um, and I'm I'm running out and I want to put this in there is that, I don't know if we can say this, but we're going to say it anyways, is that when we were interviewing some people, oh my gosh, Russell's look, giving me the look like, oh no, what am I doing? But we actually uh, were talking to some people like around Chromecast and I asked them a specific question about the Google Assistant. And I said, hey, on the video, we saw that the Chromecast, uh, that the Google Assistant or sorry. Sorry, everyone, take it back. <laughs> the Google Home <laughs> was going to be integrated with, like, the Chromecast where you can actually cast stuff to the TV or to the rooms. So tell us, like, how is that How is that going to work? What are you kind of most excited about? And I think they kind of changed the subject. And so I'm interested to know if that's why, because it was like, uh, ah, it's actually essentially like a Chromecast. So um, I don't know. I... it'll it'll be, it'll be interesting. But yeah, if they can get that price range of like how cheap the Chromecast is, where it's kind of like everyone has them. I have about like three Chromecasts in my house, uh, you know, just sitting around. So I think that would be super awesome. And with that, I know my co-hosts have wonderful things to say, but I have to run out. So I will catch everyone later and I'll see you for the video podcast next week.
1: See ya,
2: Yasmin. (laughs) there's now an empty chair we can do whatever we want andy actually actually no
1: let's pretend like this is like the newlywed game we're like okay now that the wives have been sent backstage you're gonna answer some special (laughs) questions and see if you can match their questions when they come back in husbands (laughs) on your Uh first date (laughs) no 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 but yeah that's it that that was and and in retrospect that makes a lot of sense. Given what a box like this is meant – like a Google Home is meant to do, it really isn't meant to be a computer that runs apps. It's meant to collect a query and then send that query elsewhere across the network to be processed and then to get something back. A Chromecast doesn't download – content and then play it it uh, it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't relay a stream that's being hosted by an android device in your hand it simply takes the location of it the phone simply says here is the location of a streamable piece of content on the internet just here is the sequence of url digits that you need to get at and then the chromecast will simply open up its own stream and take over from the device so on that basis it would simply, certainly make sense that they would want to go for proven hardware on a system that they've already had great success with uh, to say nothing of the fact that they're not going to be complicating things by creating a brand new application platform I mean that Russell that must be really good news for you because instead of having to now target Google home it seems as though uh, if this is true you already have a podcast player that supports Chromecast streams so it should be able to deal with that content just almost out of the box right yeah I'll, I I
2: was trying to get some more details out of this from various people and no one seemed to want to talk about it. So I, I guess whatever the underlying platform is isn't official, but it, if this is based on Chromecast, and it definitely seems like it is, you know, it's from that team, this is, you know, what the article was talking about, that does make it way easier for developers because we already support, you know, the the Chromecast video stick, we already support the Chromecast audio stick. It's all just part of the, um, the same APIs. And so, if those things all just magically work on your Google Home, it means that app developers won't have to change anything you know you'll be able to get home and you'll be able to just keep playing your content you know like you always have and If it's cheap enough, like we were talking about, that could really drive adoption like I think the Chromecast has been this weird sort of like hit. Um, for Google, I, I know it's not at the Apple scale of like, you know, selling 50 million units in, in two weeks or whatever. But it it is like for a Google product, it is, it is in a lot of homes and it has sold like a lot of units. And I think it's because it's, it's fairly seamless. Like you say, you can just throw content at it. Content appears on the TV, content plays, you know, you can walk out of the room, it keeps playing. And also it's cheap, you know, in the US it's $35, I believe. You can, you know, if you've got a decent income, you can walk in, you can grab three, like it's not compared to the price of a TV, you know, which could be like $800, 35 bucks for something that plugs into it is not, you know, it's not extreme. So if this can be, it's obviously not going to be as cheap, but if it can be like you say, Andy, like 150 somewhere in that ballpark, then we could really see some interesting sort of adoption there as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of people will certainly sample it. It also might short circuit. It's not that this is a complaint I have about the latest Apple TV. This is the version of the Apple TV that runs actual iOS apps. And I don't think that that complexity makes it harder to use at all. But I find myself not using really that capability at all. I just find myself – I use the Netflix client. I use the CBS client. All the stuff that the Roku does really, really well. The interface is a little bit more slick. But – I'm not sure that I'm getting the extra $100 worth of value that I'm supposed to be getting out of this box. So uh, Google makes the, always has done a really good job at making things that are affordable, realizing that it's not good enough to innovate and create something brand new if most people can only look at it with their noses and hands pressed against a, a pane of glass <laughs> that only the, only the one percenters can get through. Uh, so it's... it's it's, they've got a lot, a lot of expectations to live up to at the end of the year when they finally ship it well that does it for unsettlingly boring episode 49 like who can get excited about 49 it's like it's not like they're not even the, the digits are not even prime numbers okay one of them not is, prime numbers they yeah. add up to 13 it's Actually, not that interesting neither neither of them is a prime number for heaven's sakes add them up you get a prime number but you know who wants to do that well that, that kind of work but got 50 50 five, zero, that's gold. That's gold, man. <laughs> Every, all the way across the world. That, that, is, that is recognized as we've we, we got to give you something just for not dying before now. It doesn't matter how incompetently you've done your job. If you've been with the company for 50 years, it makes us look bad if we don't come across with a really, really good present for you. So, that's, so that we're, we should be looking forward. I might, I might actually shampoo uh for for next week's show i don't know about i don't know about you but ooh,
2: all right all right i'm gonna have to step on my game i think i'm the one person here that doesn't have a background so i'm gonna have to figure something out for next week because behind (laughs) me like about five meters behind me is just a window and it's not not super exciting i think there's a tv if i if i lean that way a bit i'm gonna have to come up with an interesting backdrop andy because you're yeah you've got the light game you've got the backdrop game Yasmin's now got the same thing i'm gonna feel very left out if i if i don't up up the
1: game well, let, let let's also be drinking throughout. I'm, I, I think I'm going to do that. I've got I have been gifted various bottles of things. I don't I don't drink that much so they tend to stack up. So if I'm going to like I'm going to select like the bottle of Kahlua, and my job is going to be to try to put away that entire bottle of the well no that's let's not let's not let's not encourage whoa, whoa, been drinking. Whoa, whoa, but, not but, that. but but I'm going but let's let's just have some sort of a reason to for people to keep on watching to see exactly how unslipped uh, Andy gets over the course of the day. <laughs>
2: could be fascinating to see what Andy's like at the end of the show. You're normally so composed, you know, the, the thoughts are all there. I want to see if that continues on into this, this bottle of Kahlua.
1: Mm. Well, I actually, I just realized that uh, you, you edit this show and people will be able to actually <laughs> see us talking and see all the stuff that we usually might clip out of this show. So we've got yeah, about like a week to get excuses ready.
2: You take like a really, you know, like long pause... Between thoughts, people are going to get all that, Andy. I'm a little bit worried about that, actually. But that—that's the the fun of live, yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I guess. See, I'm disappointed that, like, stereotypically, the the, the fact that uh, uh, there are no women in the podcast right now. We should be talking about sports and monster trucks and scratching ourselves, but we're not really, <laughs> not we're not really changing our tone whatsoever.
2: Yes. Uh, uh, car shows, car, cars, cars go fast. Yes.
1: And on yeah. that bombshell, it's time to end. Thanks for watching. Good night. That's all I, I got. I, I understand that in, an, in Indianapolis there was a road race of some sort where vehicles went distressingly <laughs> fast <laughs> to the cheers of the crowd. Yeah, I, yes. only kn- I only know about the Indy 500 because David Letterman is usually there and he talks off the cuff.
2: <laughs> I don't even know about that. So um, my man game is like extremely weak right now. mean is going to kill us, by the way. If we <laughs> if we keep going,
1: okay. Uh so that's it for episode 49 look forward to episode 50 next week. Uh Yasmin I god I see I keep I, it's, does your brain work this way too where you 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 know someone's name the right way but as you're saying it your brain says oh this is the name that you have to make sure you pronounce the right way but now you're in the middle of saying it and yeah that's it, get, code gets me every time yeah so, yeah, 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 on behalf of Yasmeen, uh, who will be with us again next week, uh, Russell, uh, where can people look at you and see you and, and engage in your, your your magnificence online?
2: Well, you can follow me at Rusty RustyShelf on Twitter, and I want you to pinpoint the, the day that I'm replaced by a bot. See see if you can pick it up, because uh, if if the AI is amazing, it'll just be seamless, and you'll never know that it's not me anymore. I'll just be kicking back, you know, on some tropical beach somewhere, and the, the bot will be hopefully even coding for me. It can code, <laughs> it can do the Twitter, it can do the blog, it can maybe even do this podcast if we can get the uh, the voice recognition it's super good
1: if they can train a bot to do searches on stack overflow and then hit command c command v <laughs> they can train a bot to program as well as i do uh- <laughs> And you can. Andy's found my secret. <laughs> I learned from you, man. I, you, <laughs> I, I, we pay, pay for that fifteen hundred dollar weekend seminar about learning how to program in Cocoa. We say, well, uh, here is a message form or if you ask a question, they'll usually give you code, and here is how to paste things in, and just make sure you just make sure. And they'll fight over giving the right answer yeah. as well. It's like imagine a room full of like geeks just fighting over that this
2: is the correct answer. This answer is more correct. This one's even more. Yeah, correct. That,
1: that that can be. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's not get into hour three of the show, but uh, they're there. <laughs> there, there are times when it's, it's sort of a cur- – I have like 94. 90- Five ninety-six thousand Twitter followers, which means that there are going to be hundreds of people who know the exact answer to a certain question. I have, but I know that if I ask this question, like, oh, uh, uh, b- oh, by the way, uh, how do I how do I clear the RAM cache? in, I've got I've got an old LaserWriter two printer, and I know there used to be a technique for for basically restarting PostScript from the from the Blue Book, and like, oh, flush the cache? Why don't you try putting it in the toilet? Oh, flush the cache? I don't know. I've been flushed with cash before. Like, oh god. <laughs> And 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 it's it's cute if you have like 50 Twitter followers and it's your friends who are like punning you to death. But you have to how many how many of these jokes do I have to deal with before I find the person I know that I I remember (laughs) talking to who was former Adobe and anyway. Uh, the price of uh, finding out what I'm up to online is to spell my last name. Go to Anatko on Twitter. I'm I-H-N as in Nancy, A-T as in Tom, K-O. Uh, or go to my blog at Anatko.com where I usually have links to the stuff that I've published. That's it for 49. Hope to see you on episode 50. Until then, all else is immaterial. Yes, I used my catchphrase, not Yasmeen's. It's not as good as Yasmeen's, but it's not mine. Yes, you brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that from like episode One. two, maybe? One or yes. two? Ah, that's, that's okay. Leave your comments about how you prefer Yasmeen closing the show. There's a reason why Yasmeen closes the show for us.